Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. As always, I'm Charlie and I'm joined again today by Daniel. Hello. Hello. Ready to go. Another day. More trials this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Bar one, but yes. Yes, which we'll briefly touch on. But um, so yeah, for today we're going to go through um, some kind of main talking points that, from the trial games over the weekend, and then we're going to go over a couple of pods that you could join to your team, um, as well as a couple of cash cows that we think might be um, pretty good in each position this season. So let's start off with the trial games. Was there anything in particular that you wanted to kind of point out today, Daniel? Um, so yeah, we'll go over them in just a bit of a high level overview kind of format. So for um, Manly, they had a, a decent game. Um, unfortunately, Olakuatu got injured, so that basically means that their their back rowers are gone. So Schuster got injured a few weeks ago, and now Olakuatu's out for a couple of weeks as well. So Bullimore and Lawton will mm-hmm. probably be taking those spots. It doesn't look like... Well, Davey hasn't appeared in any of the trial games, so... Not so far, no. Yeah, not really sure what's going to be happening um, with him. He might make the 17, but haven't really seen anything, so I'd... I'd doubt that he's going to be anywhere near the team for, for starting the season anyway. Yeah. Um, so Lawton and Bullimore probably look pretty good for that spot. Yeah. Um, uh, I said Tarpane looked pretty good so far in every game that he's played this um, in the preseason trials. Yeah, that too. So he had an actually another good game, another good trial game, and he's obviously going to be starting for the Raiders. Looks a very good pod in that, um, that mids uh, spot. Yeah. I think a lot of people pick him up because he isn't overly priced because he didn't have a huge year last year. No. But he does have that risk where he can sometimes only play 20 to 30 minutes and does have a few rough games here and there. But he looks really good value for his current price. So he's obviously another another talking point as well for the for the mids there. Um, moving on to the next game, uh, for the Tigers, uh, Luciano Leilua had a huge game. Massive. Yeah, got a try over 100 metres, plenty of tackles. Um, five offloads, which is huge, and yeah. also five tackle busts, which isn't as big any as as big anymore, but still very good. Seventy nine points wrapped up for him, which and is pretty huge. Yeah, like in a trial game, I think he played close to the whole game as well. If not, he did play the whole game. He might have got rested just towards the end, but seventy nine points in a whole game. Yeah, that's absolute quality, and probably you know an interesting pickup considering um, how bad TPJ played this weekend. Yes. Um, but we'll get to that game soon. So uh, what else was there for the Parramatta? Yeah, the Eels. Yeah. Um, Makatoa and Kafusi both made a big impact. They both looked really good um, over the weekend as bench um, forwards. So they're they're definitely going to be off the bench to start the season, but they, there might be a bit of value there. They're both quite oh, – well, Kafusi's quite cheap, but Makatoa's got a bit of, bit of a price to him. Um, Kafusi could be a quality option off the bench because I think he's around the 350k mark. I'm not 100% yeah, sure of his not price. Yeah, super high priced. Yeah, but yeah, again, he's a bench forward, so he's not going to get huge minutes with Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard ahead of him, but another one to look at, definitely um, a possibility there. Um, the Dragons' defense looked really good as well. So, um, what was it, Bird on an edge? He had a pretty big impact. He yeah. looked he co- looked quite dangerous, but obviously he didn't get the ball as often as he normally normally does um, when he's playing towards the middle. Um, but if he's got to be playing on an edge, he's you know still good value. You're going to get plenty of base stats there as well. Yeah. Sloan looks like he's going to be fullback. I was going to say, definitely looks like he's going to get the number one. Yeah. he. I think he briefly moved to the wing for Ramsey to have a have a stint at fullback. But yeah, yeah no, it didn't work out as good. And they, had, they actually had a pretty good combination for the first try as well. Sloan cut out ball to Ramsey, who acrobatically scored in the corner. So yes. that looks like it could be a good combination developing this year so yeah keep an eye on that um what else was there uh Holmes was looking very good as a center and goal kicking 
Yeah, so yeah, he he had a couple. He had a really good um really good try where he kind of cut back on the inside um off a I think a Dearden ball. But other than other than that, he was just kind of solid. He was there, but he yeah, if he's playing at center, he's going to get the ball um a little bit. I guess in a bit more of an attacking sense. So he'll always be attacking the line when he gets the ball at center compared to when he's at fullback. He's kind of got to create something most of the time. Um, so he's looking a quality option uh, there as well. Obviously, he's already quite priced in considering he did play a bit of fullback last year for the Cowboys. Yeah. But other than that, he's not a too bad of an option as well. Um, Cowboys defense, though, looked pretty good. No JT. They, they mm. looked quite solid through the middle. Um, who was it? Cotter. And a few other forwards there. I can't remember exactly who was on the field, but they actually looked really solid. I don't know how well they'll, how much it'll look like that throughout the, the start of the season, just yeah. because they've got a, a few forwards coming back in with uh, the likes of McLean and stuff like that coming into their team and JT, obviously. But um, good signs there that they're actually solid through the middle and didn't concede too much against the Broncos. So that's good for them. Yeah. Um, um, I guess then for the Storm. Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't really much to talk about on the Broncos yeah. part anyway for that game. <laughs> Um, Storm against the Knights. Uh, Storm just good. Really outclassed them. Other than the quick flurry from the Knights, they had a really good try in the first couple of minutes of that game. But outside of that, the Storm just looked pretty dominant. Um, usual suspects, Munster, Hughes, even Nass off the bench looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really see much from Xavier Coates. He was kind of a bit missing in the game, but it's okay. It's a trial. It's not like it's too indicative of what the season's going to look like. Um, so he's, I think, still a pretty ca- pretty safe cash cow. But for the Knights, Clifford looked excellent again. Mm. Top scored as well. I think he finished with yes. 59 fantasy points as well. So he's looking like a really good option as well. Um, Clune looked good. Man as well looked good in the 13. Did look really good, yeah. Um, Ponga though, quiet. Yeah. Didn't get involved as Wasn't much. much. He didn't get involved much last week either. No. Um, might be a bit of a bit of a wait and see on him for the start of the season, especially for fullbacks if they're not looking like they're in form going into the season it can be a bit worrying yeah you don't want to risk it really yeah especially with the price that he's at as well so yeah. um might be one to hold off on um anyway moving on to the the dogs and sharks game which was actually a really good game so trindle made up for his poor performance last week yes i was gonna say scored a try looked looked good looked very good um heinz as well um was good for feeder got minutes so he got brought into the team late because of a few outs yeah he actually got big minutes. Yeah, I think he played about 60 minutes for the Sharks. Mm. So uh, I don't know if he's going to make the 17, but he's looking quite good. So he, he might yeah. actually make the squad. I guess on the other end of the spectrum, though, uh, TPJ, not a great game for him. Yeah, no, not at all. He he had a shocker, didn't he? It's foul. Yeah. <laughs> he tried so to, bad. tried to knock out uh, Royce Hunt. So Yeah, and it was just wasn't effective and very obvious, and I don't know what he was trying to achieve. Yeah, I think he was trying to like show a bit of aggression, but it just it was so over the top and so unnecessary, and he got sent for ten. I don't think there was any action off the back of it. Like I don't think he was suspended in the end. Because no. that was I think that was today, yeah, they decided not to suspend him, but geez, he's not looking good coming into the start of the season. It's just a trial game. Yeah. Like, why are you being, why are you ripping people's shirts in a trial game? Yeah, I don't know. Um, he was also very very sloppy in defence as well. There was a few line yeah. breaks straight. I think past that's probably him. why he was just messy, and I think he's probably getting annoyed. Yeah, with, yeah, not, not playing good. too well. Not good signs. Um, but other than TPJ for the for the dogs, I mean Burton's still trying to find his feet. Him, yeah. Avrilo, Dufty, not not great combinations. There was a couple of nice looking. There was a couple um, of good plays, yeah. but generally pretty average. Yeah, like nothing to really write home about. Yeah, it's kind of worrying actually for the dogs. I guess they've brought all these new players in. It's going to take some time to, to gel, but still worrying signs 
starting the season. Yeah. And then finally, the Titans vs. Warriors game, which didn't happen because of the uh, flooding up in southeast Queensland. Yeah, a bit, bit unfortunate, actually. Um, was kind of looking forward to this game, just to see Johnson come into the team, because I think he was meant to be meant to be starting for the Warriors. But uh, yeah, oh well, they'll get into it next week. Yeah, and if anyone is listening from that area, thoughts go out to you guys as well at the moment. I hope yeah. everything's okay. My family from the area, so it's not a great time for them either. <laughs> yeah, a lot of flooding, a lot of, lot of uh, still water just yeah. sitting around <laughs> yeah. there. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so some pods for the season. So should we start off with the hooker position? Yeah, let's start with the hookers. Pods are pods are interesting this year. There's there's a few positions where there's some really good value and like good good quality players to kind of look into, and then there's some other positions that there's really not much on offer in terms of players. Um, but we'll get into it. So for the hookers, um, I'll let you talk about yours next. But mm-hmm. my my hooker pod is Wade Egan. He showed towards the back end of last year that he. If he does get enough minutes, he can be a very, very good pod. Um, scoring, you know, close to the 55-60 mark when he gets 80 minutes. Um, very solid through the middle. Lots of tackles. Does have a few attacking bursts um, from him as well. But I think it's the base stats that make him so good. The problem is he just needs to get the 80 minutes. There's a lot of players in and around that Warriors team. Um, the likes of, you know, Cody Nicarima, which is really... He's really close to being the number 14 for the Warriors, so kind of worrying signs there. There's also CHT, um, Chanel Harris-DeVita, mm-hmm. um, who could come into the team and take some minutes off him. So as long as there's no bench utility, he will be a very solid pod. Um, but obviously it's going to be waiting till Teamless Tuesday to see exactly what pans out there. Yeah. Um, his break-even's only 50 as well at 620k, so he should be getting around the 50 mark with his current minutes anyway, so he's kind of priced in, um, only owned by 1% of teams. So if you, if you want to take a bit of a risk and hope he plays 80 minutes, he's... a decent pod to go for yeah it's a great choice so my pod for the hooker position is reese robson so i base this on the concept that hopefully Granville will not be on the yeah, bench because um, if he isn't on the bench robson will be pretty much guaranteed to get 80 minutes and he'll definitely be able to improve on his score from last year the only main issue i'm kind of foreseeing is the cowboys not improving on their form um, and therefore him not being able to like make those challenge and get those markers. Um, so I feel like that's potentially the main issue with this pod. He's priced at 605 K. He's currently owned by 0.8% of teams, but his break even is only 49. So I think that's definitely achievable if he's playing the full 80 minutes. Yeah. If he plays 80, he'll easily hit 49, um, 49 points. He he's yeah. Like you said, he's one of those players that likes to play off the front foot when the team's in form. So when the Cowboys have a bit of a go forward, the halves have a bit of space. He has a bit of space in behind the play the ball and he can actually, you know, catch out the markers, um, take on the middle forwards, get a few tackle busts and some attacking stats. And that's where his kind of form shows. Robson's been looking like a, like a good player for like the last two or three years, but Granville is always there for the Cowboys and rearing his ugly head. Granville like, (laughs) Doesn't score that well either. No. I've had Granville in my draft team for the last two years. Never, back up Booker, obviously. Never, yeah, back up. Never. <laughs> never the full. Never. Come on. Never starting, yeah. Um, But doesn't ever do that much, like in terms of fantasy. Yeah, I understand why the Cowboys have him. He comes off the ben- bench with a bit of pace, a bit of energy. You know, he's actually putting in a bit of effort, trying to catch teams off guard when they're a bit tired. I understand why the Cowboys use him, but I feel like it's just a waste of a of a bench spot when you've got such a good player in Reese Robson um, there. You could have an easy, easily another bench forward there yeah. to um, help with the rotations with JT and Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess, those kinds of players. So 
Um, that's okay. We'll see what the Cowboys do for round one next week. Praying to the fantasy gods. Yeah, exactly. Teamless Tuesday is going to be pretty big next week. Oh, I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Mids. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so my mid pod is uh, Jack DeBellin. So my thinking is that a lot of people are hoping that Jack Bird is going to be the number 13, but I just don't see it with how good JDB is at lock for the Dragons. He's owned by 1.1% of teams currently. His break-even's 53. He's not overly... He's not priced overs at the moment. He's probably priced in for what he can score, so he's going to be scoring around that 55 mark anyway. So he's got a little bit of value to make, but it's not the value that you're getting from JDB. It's the fact that he's going to be playing 60 to 70 minutes at lock for the Dragons, you know, making 50-odd tackles a game, 100 metres, that's him pretty much done. So, um, yeah, it's all base stats from JDB, and that's why I think he's a decent pod. Well, I hope Jack Bird does very well this year. <laughs> we won't touch on that anymore. <laughs> um. uh, my choice is Matt Lodge. Um, he's going to be missing round one, obviously, due to being suspended. Um, but after that, I'm pretty sure he's a pretty solid mid-range performer, and he definitely benefit largely from the offload points changes that have been implemented this season. Um, he averaged 2.4 offloads per game last year. So I definitely think he's a pretty good option. He's currently only owned by 0.3% of teams. So Makes sense. I guess he is suspended for the first round, but he's priced really, really well. Really well. Um, and his break-even is only going to be 46, which I think is definitely achievable, especially with the ball changes this year. Yeah. He looks like he's probably going to average around the 50 to 55 mark. It depends on his minutes. He did have a few games where he played 80 minutes last year and scored... I think he had an 86-minute performance. That was when they went into Golden Point extra time. But he ended up scoring 90-something points in that amount of time. So that that, that was the game that Tohu Harris actually got injured, which is why he played a lot more minutes. But yeah, if he gets minutes, he's a very big PPM uh, points per minute player. So he'll be... Yeah, he'll be up there, I think. And yeah definitely a bit of value in him and a good pod my choice is definitely the correct choice in this one but continue <laughs> uh, we'll go to the edge i didn't have an edge so you can uh fair enough yeah. um there wasn't much in the way of edges anyway no. for pods there's really only one obvious one i'd say and that's ryan madison for Parramatta. he's 683k so he's quite expensive um but for good reason he's only in 1.1 percent of teams with a break even of 55 last year he had a few concussions i'm pretty sure a few head knocks he was he wasn't exactly playing 80 minutes on an edge for Parramatta, and also the rise in isaiah papali'i took a lot of time from him as well um but when he did return he was kind of on the bench and only getting limited minutes as well so that kind of dropped his price down a little bit because he was originally close to 800k coming into last season as well so um, Madison can get really big scores. I remember he was averaging around 60 mark anyway. Say, yeah. So if he is back to normal playing, you know, even 70 plus minutes on an edge, there is good value um, in Ryan Madison um, for fantasy this year. I think he's he's a good pod to have. I definitely agree. Good I'm option. pretty sure I picked him up for my team as well um, with some of the shifts around that I've been doing. I've been making a few changes. Games. I have. Yeah. I've been trying to keep on top of it this year. Um, but yes, I think that's definitely a good choice. Yeah. And they're kind of, they haven't played Ryan Madison yet in the trials. I think they're just resting him, making sure, you know, don't get too many concussions. Well, yeah, I mean, after last year, I think the avoiding concussions is the best way you can kind of go into the new season. Exactly. Um, so what do we feel for halves? Halves. Um, one really obvious one came about this weekend in Jake Clifford for the Knights. I, I've already put this up. I've already talked about this on a previous pod as well. He he is genuinely probably one of the best pods to pick up this year just because of his price and his new responsibility at the Knights. I completely agree. 521k 
only in 1% of teams, break even of 42. He'll be scoring 42 easy. There's even value in him. You could consider him a cash cow coming into this season as well because he should he should be averaging around the 50 to 55 mark pretty yeah. comfortably, and that'll mean at least 130K in price rises and for Jake Clifford. And he'll be doing all the goal kicking, or like a lot more goal kicking and he stuff this year. He will be goal kicking. Yeah, yeah, I don't... So Ponga was doing a bit of goal kicking. Even Barnett kicked for the kicked for them yeah. um, for the Knights as well a little bit. Um, actually has the best percentage in the whole Knights team, um, Mitch Barnett, but I don't see him kicking for the season. Jake Clifford will come in and take over those duties most likely. And yeah, he looks like he's the main controlling half now that Pierce is gone. Clune is actually a very good um, partner to him as well. Um, just takes a little bit of pressure off him, lets him play his own game. And he's taking on the line a lot more as well, Clifford. So he, you'll know, he'll have some line breaks, some attacking stats to go along with, um, with his kick meters and... Uh, tackles and whatnot that halves get. Yeah, sounds good. I think I'm going to pick him back up. I dropped him out of my team to fit in um, oh, Nathan no. Cleary, but yeah, I've, I'm trying to make space for him at the moment. I think it's going to mean... Are I'm... you going to drop Cleary? No, <laughs> no, I'm not going to drop Cleary. It depends. He might not even play around one. So we'll, that is we'll true. Um, anyway. So moving on to centres. Yeah, centres. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. So um, I have Moses Suli as my um, point of difference in the centres. He's currently owned by 1.8% of teams and his break-even's only 32, which I think is very achievable for this season. He's looking super solid so far in the trial games and he's been able to break tackles when given the space out wide. So I definitely think he's going to be a great potential option for the centres. He's only 396k as well. Yeah, I think he's a good pod, don't get me wrong, but it's that price, right? Because a lot of centres are around the 300 to 350k. Yeah. Even Even though it's only like... 46k more than a basement price player like Stephen Crichton it's still a bit overs for centers I think people are trying to like cheap out a bit in the centers and wing a fullback market which at, is at the understandable moment. but yeah I understand I get what you mean by Moses Sully being a really good tackle breaker like he's playing on the on a in a center for the Dragons at the moment and he given the Dragons form in the trials he actually looks like he's going to get decent ball in space so yeah actually I actually agree with that it's good good pod thank you <laughs> anyway, mine was um, Paul Momorowski. He's he's obviously expensive for a centre, 466k. Yes. Um, he's in 1.8% of teams with a break-even of 37, so quite high for a centre as well. But he had such a good season with the Panthers that obviously he's priced in at centre at the moment. But he's moved to the Roosters, which arguably he'll get the same opportunities that he did at the Panthers, really. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see why he can't get as many chances to score off the back of Kiri um, and Walker compared to Cleary and Luai. Like, they play very similar. As long as Kiri doesn't get injured like he did last year, <laughs> he should get plenty of opportunities, plenty of space on an, on a, in the centres. I was going to say on an edge, but at in the centre position um, to, yeah, score and get plenty of tackle busts like he did for the Panthers. So I don't see why he's going to do any worse than the, his price currently. Like, a break-even of 37 is quite comfortable for him to hit i think he's going to average around 38 39 ish anyway around that break even so even though there's not a lot of value in him he's going to score where he's priced so it's good good value for money amazing and then i guess last but definitely not least fullbacks um who was your point of difference this season yeah so we've already kind of touched on him my pod was valentine holmes um he's a bit more expensive at 526k uh, only 1.1% of teams with a break-even of 42. That's because of the fact that he played at fullback and he obviously got a lot of points um, from tackle busts and attacking shifts there. But now that he's moved to the centers, he's going to get like just a lot more base stats than he was going to get at fullback. He'll be getting more tackles. He'll have a lot more um, 
meters as well because he's getting he'll get his hands on the ball maybe not a lot more meters but similar base stats than he got last year but the tackles is what is going to really help him improve his scores because he'll still get the attacking stats he just will get a lot more base stats in tackles as well from a center position and I can see the ball shifting to his edge a lot more than um, the other side as well so you'll be seeing a lot of shifts with the hammer to Holmes to um, felt on that edge so there'll be a lot of movement that way yeah, to the left edge. It'll be a very good season, I think, for that. Yeah, a good good season for that attacking edge of the of the Cowboys, but I don't know how good of a season for the Cowboys overall, to be honest. I believe in them. <laughs> you believe in them? Well, at least Burma's got something to believe in there. Me and One you, Burma, will them. believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my player should be of no surprise to anyone who has listened to the podcast last season and this season. It is David Nofaluma. I will always pick this man. <laughs> um, very, he's very um, good, yeah. Yeah, he had a bit of an underwhelming 2021, um, which is good for this season because it means he's pretty underpriced for this season. And the changes to the offload scoring will really suit him well. Um, he had the second most uh, offloads last season, so I believe that that will be more points for him. Yeah, huge. It's going to be good. The fact that he was second most offloads in 2021, I didn't believe it when I saw the stat. That's but the stats are there. Yeah, pretty crazy for a, for a winger. Normally it's a forward or a second rower getting that stat. But yeah, good for yeah. Nofaluma means that he's going to have a pretty good season this year as long as he keeps that stat up and gets the ball. The Tigers as well. They need to play mm. well, though. That's the thing. He that's... had an underwhelming season last year. Because we don't. They... You know what? <laughs> Just focus on the positive. <laughs> Sorry. Time... Trying to put you down. <laughs> he's priced at 455k which is cheaper than Valentine Holmes, so I would argue yep. a better choice. Um, he's currently owned by 1.4% of teams, and his break-even is 37, which, like we said before, is more than achievable. Yeah, I think 37 is pretty comfortable um, for Nofaluma. I think he had... I think his average was actually 45 or 46 a few seasons ago. He was one of the better yeah. winger fullbacks in the game, from what I recall. So, yeah, he, he as long as he has an, a good season... Yeah, he could see plenty of value there as well as being a pod. Yeah, not wrong. Definitely can. So that about wraps it up. I guess, is there anyone else that you kind of want to mention or? Not in the way of pods, but I think there's plenty of talk around cash cows that we could definitely get into. 100%. So we've got some cash cows that we've written out. So we'll start with the hooker position. So who are you thinking? This is probably the hard. So hookers are really hard. There's only really one cash cow, which everyone already knows in Chris Randall. He's going to be starting for the Knights and playing close to... 70 to 80 minutes for the Knights at uh, Hooker. There's not really anyone else. Like, Chris Randall's the obvious one, and I don't yeah. think there's really any more value in Hookers this year, unfortunately. Everyone's kind of priced in. There hasn't been really many changes to Hookers. Yeah, I don't see much more value than Randall at the moment, unless there's another major injury that, you know, rules someone out for a considerable amount of yeah. time and a, and a junior comes in. I just don't see how we can find anyone else. And we've definitely spoken about this on the podcast before, that... Um, the hooker position just really there's not much change like you pick who you normally would pick yeah really you can and that's get... it that's it for the season you you have them and that's your that's your player obviously yeah. randall's gonna probably peak at some point and then you'll upgrade him but that's really it like what what else do you do in the hooker position no one's really gonna overly improve by a huge amount there's no signs that there's anyone new coming in that's gonna do that's gonna crazy well. expectations yeah. yeah um other than maybe hetherington but he's more of a we'll talk about him in the mids because yeah. i've i've classified him in the mids next yeah okay so yeah we'll move on to mids then so um how are we feeling about any so, of those so yeah so we're just talking about hetherington obviously yeah. um he everyone's hoping that he gets the lock spot for the for the broncos but 
I just don't see how he how Carrigan goes to front row and Hetherington comes in. Most likely the front rowers are going to be Flegler and Haas for for the Broncos and Carrigan at lock and Hetherington in that number 14 Guernsey. So he's he's a good cash cow, don't get me wrong. He will be a good cash cow if one of them gets injured or he somehow snags a spot in the 13. But mm-hmm. for the start of the season, for next week, unless he's named in the 13 and TL, for TLT next week, I don't see how he's a pick to start the season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But he's a good cash cow to keep on your radar because yep. while he's playing off the bench, he'll probably get some you know average scores. And then if there's an injury in the forward pack for the Broncos, he's the first man to come into the team. Yeah, he is priced at 376k at the moment. So a little bit more, expen- on the more expensive yep. side. Um, but like you said, if he has a couple of average games where he's not playing full minutes, that might pull the price down a bit and then that might be a potential pickup. Yeah, we can only hope. He might get a bit more minutes because he's been played a bit more during the trials and he's been starting in that lock spot during the trials as well. So he might get more than... Like if he gets more than 35, 40 minutes off the bench, he most likely will beat his break even, which I think is only around the, the 30 mark anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a bit unfortunate because he was was looking like an excellent cash cow this season, but unfortunately, with the way the team's going currently, you, I just can't see him in the thirteen. Yeah. Um, anyway, another one for the mids that I think has actually kind of stood out in the last couple of weeks um, with his performances is Andrew Fafida, which I touched on already during yes. the trials. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, he's obviously been a fantasy gun in the past, but that was obviously when he was playing, you know, 60, 65 minutes in the front row for the Sharks, getting through a bunch of attacking stats yeah. as as well as his base stats like he he was averaging around 30 odd tackles a game 150 meters and then he was having tackle bus on tackle bus and offloads as well so obviously he's not going to come back to that form and he's probably not going to be starting i'd say but there's definitely space in that sharks team now that mckinnis is out for a couple of weeks jack williams as well who's a bench forward will have a has an injury coming into the start of the season so we'll have some time off um so there's a spot there for Fafita to fill whether he gets enough minutes is the question. He's only priced at 240k, so you can kind of carry him without too much of an expense in the emergencies. And if he gets 20, 30 minutes off the bench, that he, he goes at enough points per minute that he should snag about 30-odd points off the bench, which is enough for him to make about 100k in price rises over the first few rounds. So yeah. look out for him um, come TLT next week. Nice. And then um, did you want to touch on Bullimore as well now? Yeah, Bullimore. Um, we touched on it already. There's been some injuries to the Pan- uh, the Panthers, the the Manly backline, um, in the way of uh, Olakuatu and Schuster. So Lawton's obviously going to come in because he filled that spot last year as well. And Ethan Bullimore has been playing there in the trials, so he looks like he's going to be filling that position for a while as well, which means big minutes for him. The only real issue is he looked very very sluggish during the trials. He did not yeah. look. He didn't look very energetic or active to be honest he was there for base stats and base stats only he was making tackles and just a couple of hit-ups here and there nothing too exciting from him i agree i think he'll get decent scores and should increase in value but he probably only gets around 35 40 a game fantasy points a game yeah and that'll be you can't see him getting much more than that yeah unless he you know stumbles over for a try or he's just got a gaping hole Stumbles. that he's running into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> Unless Turbo does all the work for him is what I'm saying and then hands him the ball. That's what I mean. <laughs> just hands him the ball. <laughs> Highly possible as well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he's not looking too bad. I mean, 331k, still pretty cheap. Um, not going to be too much of an impact in your emergencies anyway if you want to risk it for a first few weeks because 
I think Schuster's only out for four to six, and Olaquatu misses the first three or four rounds or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, have, might have to check that. But yeah, the, he'll get at least thirty, uh, three to four rounds in the second row. Nice. To start. So I guess we'll move on to the edge now. Who are you kind of looking at for your cash cows in the edge position? So I've already kind of touched on before. Lawton is a good cash cow. Even though he's at 400k, the fact that he's going to be starting on an edge, most likely playing 80 minutes alongside, well, not alongside, but with Bullimore on an edge as well, on the other edge as well. Um, he's probably going to make a bit of cash. He's a lot more um, active as a as a back rower, and he'll, he'll probably have a few tackle busts, a few offloads as well, his base stats. So Lawton, even though he's 400k, definitely looks like the better suitor to being picked up to Bullimore. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him a cash cow. Well, a cash... He's a cheaper player, but he's not a cash cow. The definition of a cash cow is a player that's going to make you cash. And I think Lawton is a better option than Bullimore, given the trial form. I mean, I guess there's only, what, 70k between them? There's not a lot. Yeah, it's... So... There's not a lot of cash between them. Lawton's a bit more of a risk, though, because... He, you know, he will keep playing in the team and there's not an obvious point to sell him at, yeah. whereas Bullimore, as soon as he's out of the 13, he's a sell. Yeah. Um, Lawton, yeah, it's a bit harder with Lawton, but I still see him as a bit of a cash cow. Should make a decent amount of cash um, in the first few rounds and, you know, be a, be a decent hold for a, for a little bit into the into the first few rounds. But, yeah, not a lot of cash to be made there. Um, there's not a lot, lot of cash to be made for most edges, actually, to be honest. Yeah. There's not a lot of value here. Um, there's also Andrew Davey. He's kind of hanging around the spot there. I don't think he's going to get a start. Haven't seen any of him during the trials, like we've mentioned earlier. But yeah, he's there, thereabouts. But I don't see him getting into the 17. And even if he gets into the 17 on a bench, might be pushed for minutes. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get many yeah, minutes. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the best cash cow you could be spending that spot on. Better on Lawton. Yes. Yeah, I still think so. I still think so, Lawton. Yes. Okay. Um, the other one that I had for an edge is Nanai at the Cowboys. Yes. I'm I'm still a bit cold on him at the moment just because I'm not sure if he's starting. Obviously, Teamless Tuesday next week is going to be telling. Um, if he gets a start on an edge, absolute must-have. Definitely pick him, pick up. him up. But um, Lukey is kind of hanging around that spot and could... Not maybe not take the starting spot, but he'll probably put pressure on it. It means that he might be sharing that spot and not playing 80 because Nanai needs to play 80 to be a good cash cow um, on an edge there. So, yeah, he's he's one to look at and just keep an eye on for next week, I think, Nanai. Yeah, definitely, I agree. That's um, Teamless Tuesdays will be very telling. Yeah, for, especially to... for a lot of these cash cows. You, you just don't know until next Tuesday. You've just got to keep an eye on a few names and hope. I hope that someone you recognize is in the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone that's cheap, 240K preferably. Amazing. Um, so moving on to the halves, um, was there anyone in particular that you think is going to stand out as a cash cow this season? Yeah. So obviously a lot of people have him already. Lachlan Ilias, he'll be mm-hmm. filling that halves role for the Rabbitohs uh, now that Reynolds is gone. He probably will hold it. All signs have kind of pointed to him holding it. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Even with Taff. Uh, Taff um, at fullback for the first, I don't think the first round now with Latrell's ban being reduced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Taff, it doesn't look like he's going to be taking the half spot from him, but it looks like he's probably going to be on the bench um, filling the number 14 jersey going forward. So uh, Lachlan Ilias is a pretty safe cash cow, I'd say, I'd from agree. round one. He's most likely going to be named at seven. And yeah, he's a pretty, pretty certain spot in the, the squad. Another half that's been looking like a like a good buy is Billy Walters at the Broncos. Um, it looks like he is going to be taking that number six spot 
um, starting the season alongside Adam Reynolds, considering Albert Kelly and Tyson Gamble, they've looked very average over the course of the, the trial games. Um, Albert Kelly actually played better in probably the Indigenous um, All-Stars game. He looked yeah. quite good then, but since then, been pretty average. Um, yeah, Walters is looking like a like a little sneaky contender coming into the halves for the Broncos, so keep an eye on him next week as well. And probably the biggest one, even though he's probably the most expensive player in my cash cows list <laughs> is Kurt Mann at the Knights. So he's he's priced at 472k, so quite expensive, but mm. he looks like he's going to be playing lock for the Knights at the start of the season. So if he gets a big minute role there, kind of similar to Connor Watson, he should be making a decent amount of cash, scoring around the 45 to 50 mark as long as he gets around 60 odd minutes. And yeah, making a making a few price rises along the way, probably about 100 150k to be had there for Kurt Mann and some decent scores as well. Which is definitely something to jump on. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be telling round one because I think if he's in the number 13 shirt, he should be playing at least 60 minutes or 55 to 60 minutes there anyway. But if he doesn't get through enough work in the first round or two, maybe he's been played in a different way, more as a support to the halves rather than a, a big minute forward taking a lot of the brunt of the defensive work. Maybe he's more being played there in attack. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to just see how the Knights pan out for round one and how he plays in the first few rounds. But yeah, all signs pointing to him playing in the, the lock roll. Amazing. So I guess moving on to the centers now. Centers, centers, centers. Jeez. Um, there's a lot of players here that are around the 300 to 350k mark, yeah. but there's not a lot that a lot of value, I guess, to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Penasini had a very good game um, this weekend in the trials. So he looks like a pretty good... I know we had a deep dive into him on our Instagram. We um, did, yeah. And I was talking about how he doesn't look like he's going to be scoring huge scores, but he didn't really do anything crazy in attack this week, and it was all defensive work, and he yes. still scored 33 points. So he looks like he's going to be a, just a good base stat machine at centre, and any attacking stats is just bonus um, for him. So I think he's almost a lock in most people's teams, and he's not overly owned as a cash cow either. I think he's only sitting at about 12% ownership or something like yeah, that at the moment. Yeah, it's not that high. Yeah, I don't have the stat at the moment, but 12% for a cash is quite low. Normally you have a lot more people like Stephen Crichton, who's another yes, one in the yeah. list. I think he's owned by about 37% of teams or something like that. Which something ridiculous. A lot. It's Crazy, a lot, yeah. but it makes sense, right? He he had a really good season when he came onto the scene um, for the Panthers two years ago, had an underwhelming season last year, and then he's just reverted back to basement price, 350K. I don't understand the rationale behind that. He should be priced at around 400K, given mm. his scores last year, but for some reason they've priced him low at an average of around 32, I think it is. Like, really low. Yeah. So, yeah, he, all signs point to him making about 100K easily. If, if That's if he hits his underwhelming average of last year, which was around 37. So if he can just score as well as last year, he'll be fine, make a few price rises. Not crazy good, but he only needs a few attacking stats to get, you know, bigger than that anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah another good uh, cash cow there. And on the flip side, on the other side of the field for the, for the Panthers in centre is mm-hmm. Targo. So... He, he played quite well in some of the trial games, yes. pretty consistent. Nothing overly good and exciting from him, but he's just a good, consistent center, and I think that's probably what the Panthers want, um, just and someone that's good in defense. kind of what you want as well. You want like a cons- like at least a couple of really consistent players who yeah, will absolutely. get your points every week and make that money. Yeah, exactly. Just make tackles, get some meters, and you're done for the week. You don't yeah. need anything crazy in attacking stats. I mean, it would be nice to be get great. huge scores. But let's set standards low. Yeah. <laughs> Not required, exactly. Yeah. If he if he scores a 30 every week, 
at 334k, Targo should make about 70 to 80k. So, yeah, as long as he scores over 30, I mean, should be fine. Should make plenty of cash. And then, I guess, wrapping it all up, fullbacks again. Yeah, back to the fullbacks. Um, not a ton of value in the fullbacks, but no. the injury to Hayes Dunster at Parramatta means that Sean Russell has come onto the wing. He luckily isn't on Wanga Blake's wing. He's on Penasini's side of the field. So yeah. he will get a bit more ball than Mike Acevo will on the yes. other side of the field. Um, so yeah, Russell looks like he could get could be in for a few attacking stats. Um, he won't get a lot in base stats like you like get from a junior winger. You're not going to yeah. get a lot of tackles. You're not going to get a huge amount of run meters, but you're going to get you know about 80 to 100 run meters a game a couple of tackles, and then hopefully you have a line break or two, a try here and there. And for Parramatta, who look in form from the trials, you know, they're the they're the March premiers, as some would say. Um, oh, yeah? He, yeah, well, that, they are. <laughs> they really play well in the start of the season and they fall off after Origin. It's pretty pretty standard if you're a Parramatta yeah. fan over the last couple of years. You would know. Yes, I would know. Um, yeah, he looks like he's in for a, for a decent start to the season, um, should score a few tries, have a few attacking stats, make a bit of cash, especially only at 260k. I was going to say very cheap. Yeah, he only needs to score about 25, I think, and he'll make some price rises. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty safe there to pick him up. Yes. Um, and um, then the other fullback. Last uh, but not fullback, least. Yeah, Xavier Coates. Yeah. Yeah, he has looked underwhelming and a bit quiet for the Storm, but it's trial mm. games. He doesn't need to overly exert himself. The no. Storm make plenty of chances there's a lot of people i've seen on a lot of the the facebook chats and stuff like that a lot of the threads of people talking about him being like oh he's not getting through enough work he's not doing enough on the field ado car and vunavalu and george jennings and all the wingers that they've had over the last couple of years yes they have obviously been workhorses when they've got the ball but they've always got the ball in space yeah. when they get the ball coats will be no different Every Storm fullback that has played in their system over the last couple of years has finished the season with a price of around 450 to 500k. I think George Jennings, he was probably the worst of them, finished at 440 last yeah. year, and I think Adokar finished at about 540k last year. So I don't see Coates being any different. He should make at least 120, 130k in price rises. I still see him making up to 500k closer to Adokar's score because he's more of that kind of a player. Probably not as fast, but he should get the ball from attacking kicks a lot more because he's taller and he's a bit bigger of a body. So I think Coates is a pretty much a lock at winger fullback as a cash cow. Um, I don't see how he scores poorly for the Storm. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there we go. Okay, so that wraps up our cash cow segment for today. Um, we've been sent through a few questions on our Instagram, which is um, at footybrainspod, if you do ever want to drop us a question. So the first question is from Will, which we've kind of touched on a little bit already today, but it's um, thoughts on Ethan Bullimore. Quick uh, summary. Yeah, um, we'll be playing for Manly in the back row, probably playing 60 plus minutes, depending on who's on the bench. Um, we'll make some cash, not amazing, but a good cash cow, I guess, should make about 70 to 80k. Um, yep. for the first couple of rounds before he's pushed back to the bench. Nice. Um, and then we've had quite a few people, because um, obviously Daniel's been doing those deep dive posts on the Instagram every day. So we've had a few people who have made requests which haven't been very popular in the vote, but we thought we'd go through a couple today on the pod just uh, because we can. Because we can. Because yes. we can. Not every day anymore. I was doing it every day for a week, but they're coming in. Semi-consistently, okay. yes, semi-consistently. Apologies. <laughs> Just so um, I'm not held to doing them every day. <laughs> That'll be a lot of players to go not through. Not every day, but whenever Daniel Whenever I feel like it. Feels like there'll it. Be, there'll be one up every now and then. Every now <laughs> Great, great timing. Um, 
So one of the requests was for Paul Vaughan. So is there anything you kind of wanted to touch on with him? Righto. So Paul Vaughan. Yeah, so he obviously wasn't doing great when he was at the Dragons, moved to the Dogs towards the back end of last year. Had a few good games at the Dogs. I think he was averaging around 54-ish for the Dogs when he was mm-hmm. playing there. He's not too bad. Like, he'll he's probably priced in at this point. He is 624K, um, set to an average of 47. His break-even's 50 coming into the season, so it is quite high, but he should be hitting that most weeks. Him and Luke Thompson will obviously obviously be sharing the minutes in the middle. I think Thompson's probably a better pickup than Paul Vaughan is, but if you want to cheap out, you can go Vaughan. He's not going to do any harm having him. He'll probably average around 50, won't lose a lot of cash, won't make a lot of cash, but you could probably spend the cash that you want to spend on him elsewhere, I'd say. But yeah, I probably wouldn't wouldn't go Paul Vaughan. No. All right, and then the other player that we've um, been asked is about Selwyn Cobbo. Bloody hell, Selwyn Cobbo keeps rearing his head in these conversations. Um <laughs> No one ever votes for him, though. <laughs> I don't understand. Selwyn Cobbo. Um, yeah, he's 450k at the moment, so he's priced quite high. He will be playing fullback for the Broncos for the first few weeks, but I think it's just a waste of a spot. Like, you're going to have to trade him out in the the third or fourth round anyway when Tessie New comes back. Um, I know they've touted Cobbo as the next fullback for the Broncos, and there's chat about him holding that position, but for this year, I think Tessie New is going to be getting that spot. Cobbo will probably be in and out of the team, Maybe at center or wing, um, but not at fullback unless New goes down with a new injury. So, um, yeah, I'd steer clear of Cobbo for now. Totally fair enough. I would agree. Um, so that about wraps it up for today. So thank you guys so much for your questions. If you do want to um, send us anything, make sure that you follow us on Footy Brains Pod. Um, and you can send us a message or um, you can comment on one of Daniel's deep dives and we can definitely get back to you as soon as we can. Also, make sure that you've joined our Fantasy League as well for this season on the Footy Brains pod. So the, all the information you'll need is on the Instagram page as well. Um, we've already had heaps of people join, so we're really excited. Um, you can kind of verse Mr. Number 38 over here. And you didn't make, have to quote the number. <laughs> and the person, the high 10,000s. Yeah. So. It'll be a bit more competitive this year, I think. I think it'll be very close. See who actually comes out on top. It will not be me, but I'm excited for the challenge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we'll be back next week on Tuesday with another episode. Um, Teamless Tuesday next week. It is Teamless Tuesday, an exciting week. I'm sure all our predictions are wrong and we will be... It'll be chaos. It'll be absolute chaos on Tuesday. We'll try to put out an earlier episode to get through all the changes. Yeah, and I'm going to try and fix my fantasy team beforehand as well, which is going to be the main challenge. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Talk next week.